Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Thank you, Pastor B3. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, you're on the hot seat today. Yes. People, this is not Evidently. MC Live. Mm. Yeah. It's not yeah. MC Live. Yeah, yeah. this is yeah. not MC Live yeah. on Sunday morning. So, yeah, mm. so please relax, relax. Yes. All is well. All is well. <laughs> okay, so, <sighs> Pastor Mose, yes. I want us to go way back to your school. Did Yay. you go to school? Did you go to school? I went to school. Yeah, so we want evidence. Let's start what? from... You want certificates? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but I want us to go way back because we're going to be talking about your journey as a coach, a business leader uh, in that sense and where that journey began. And I think it can't begin until you go to school. It might... You can, but this particular one which you're doing is difficult without going to school. So let's start way back. Where, what, where, did you, where does this journey begin? Well, who did you want to become when you grew up? Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I started school in the village. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mutai Church of Uganda Primary School. Oh, Lord. I never went to nursery. Because you are so clever. No? Mm. <laughs> 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 there were no nurseries where. where <laughs> You went straight to P1. So I went to P1 straight wow. in the village. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, when you go to school in the village, those things of what you want to become when you grow up, they mm. don't exist. So what, why were you going to school? <laughs> you just go because your parents have said you're you going. Go to school. Yeah. Mm. So I went to school in the village and uh, we are six children in our family and I'm the last. So I was the last one to go to boarding school. Wow. So I went to uh, Kamli Boys Boarding Primary School, oh. and then uh, for 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 it was my first experience of boarding school. My mother took me. There's a story there in straightforward financial mm -hmm. growth about that school. Uh, it was a good school. Now that I think about it, because we had breakfast. That's why it was good. Huh? We had break. <laughs> the, yeah, there was break, snack, tea. What was break snack containing? It, it was good. Then we had lunch. Uh -huh. We had evening tea. <laughs> we had dinner. I know why you're talking like this, because we're about to go to your next school. <laughs> <laughs> so, but because it was my first boarding school experience, I didn't like it. Mm. So I complained vehemently to my mother, oh, no. who had my, co my cry. comp cry and mm. took me to Mwiri Primary <laughs> School. Uh-huh. I got to Muri Primary School uh -huh. and life was exceedingly <laughs> abundantly <laughs> different. <laughs> Beyond what you can ask or think. Uh -huh. Breakfast was half a cup of porridge. Mm -hmm. Now the other side we had real breakfast with even something to eat. Mm. So half a cup of porridge, mm -hmm. thin porridge. Thin. You know you know the porridge is thin when you can almost see, see through it. Oh gosh. And there was no break. Uh -huh. Yeah, nothing for break. <laughs> and then lunch uh -huh. was a thin slice of posho and, and beans. 
and uh, dinner was exactly the same Mm-mm. as lunch. Mm. Now you had to have bathed to have lunch. Oh gosh! Now bathing is being used here in uh, loosely, very, uh, yeah, loosely, <laughs> because what what it was really is that when you lined up for lunch, your legs should not be dusty. Mm. So there was one tap at a house in the middle of the school called Annex. Everyone went to the tap at Annex mm-hmm. and washed their legs. You, you know legs. how you, yeah, you line up to just wash your legs like this so that you can have and lunch. go to the dining. <laughs> now, when there was no water... Because there was sometimes no water. Yes, uh. you use your saliva <laughs> to make sure your legs are not dusty uh, and, and then you show up in the line. Yeah, yeah. It was very interesting. Uh, yeah. We had a song for everything. Mm. Good. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, like on some rare weekends, mm. they brought potatoes. That was like the delicacy. Yeah. So, we many people. Would, I don't know how they would they would know that that's the pickup for the potatoes. Mm. So from the gate, mm-hmm. eh? mm-hmm. I used to sing a pick and with many bukids running along, mm-hmm. singing emboli, 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 woma, emboli. Yeah, but by the time you sing for potatoes, yeah. So On the last day of term, mm-hmm. we didn't sleep. Why? It was called goya. I don't know where the word came from, but it was goya. We'd spend the whole night banging our metallic boxes. You couldn't believe you're through going the home, night. Yeah. yeah. So this is where you learned to become sort of a military leader. <laughs> no, you, These were you, the making life skills in mm. real time. You have to be, be social. These things of me, I'm I'm, I'm alone. Eh. We eh. lived in gangs. Oh gosh. Yeah. So everyone you had to belong to a gang to survive through the term. Now, some of us, this is because of school. our social background, we were never visited Bambi. on, on, on uh, <laughs> visiting day. Mm. So you just walk around the compound and you spot what looks like a good family mm. and then you just can't sit down. <laughs> yeah. The parents can't chase you. And then you start it's eating. It's true, they can't chase you. Yeah. <laughs> Visitation was on Sunday. Oh, good. On Monday, mm. every time there was visitation on Monday, half the school was in the, in the in the in the sick bed. Mm. Yeah. Because of overeating, exactly. food poisoning. Exactly. <laughs> My God. Anyway, that's wow. a little bit of Muji Primary School. Wow. Yeah. Shaped so, us. So what did what you wanted to be was just able to eat good food. Well. Mm. Uh, in primary school, or to finish it and leave. Yeah. Just go Somehow, to school, yeah. something. But I'm sure as you went through, you know, to secondary school, you go to, you're starting to form ideas of what would be a good profession yeah. or something to aspire to. So what are some of those things that start to come to your mind? So when you're, when you're in middle primary, every kid wanted to go to Busoga. Oh. Yeah. Busoga was Busoga College, College to go up the hill. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't go. I, mm. I got good grades, but I don't know why I didn't go to Busoga. So I, I went to Kira College Boutique, mm. where in my O level. And during my O level, I had an uncle, Uncle Jack Guina, who was an architect, and he had oh. an office in Ginger Apex Planners. So I went and visited his office one holiday, and somehow I, I, I liked the whole thing of seeing plans come alive and what. Wow. So that's where I started aspiring to be an architect. Wow. So yours was from very early on, you wanted to be an architect? 
Yeah, around senior three by visiting that my uncle's office. You know when you're from the village and you have an uncle in town who yes. has their own office and then you That's visit their office, mm. you're like, this, this is it. That this is, is it. what I want to yeah. be when I grow up. Wow. So I started uh, having those desires mm. but not really knowing how I would get there. And some, I think, in senior five figured if you got PEM art, mm. you could become an architect. Mm-hmm. So I applied to go to Soga College Mwiri mm. and which brought much annoyance to my mother. Why? Because she had developed a good relationship oh. with the administration in Butiki yes. where she would pay my school fees in beans, mm. potatoes mm. and other such because mm. we didn't have money. Mm. So she would take foodstuffs. Food. So now she's like, you're going to a new place. Eh. They don't know us. How am I going to pay for your mm. fees? And so I... But they gave me a, a place. In, in Busoga. Mm. So finally I went to Busoga. Finally. I went to Busoga College and uh, I remember senior five just before I could go stuck like there are all these requirements. When you're a new student you have to pay. You can't you can't start with installments. No. <laughs> oh no. When you're a new student. Mm. And so being completely stuck and uh, Dr. Moses and Ruth Isoba. Even at that time, they lived in a small rented house in Namungona, those ends. Wow. Yeah. And they gave me money. For your senior five. For my senior five. Wow. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Wow. We celebrate you. Yeah. We know you're watching. We celebrate you guys. And already I'm hearing in your story influences of other people and the power of even experiences, which is one of the things I'm sure you're going to talk about, yeah. you know, as a coach and, you, you know, being in that space, just seeing your uncle in his office space and you suddenly had a dream for more, but also having other people around you. So now you finally finish Busoga College, Mwiri. Mm. Drama- you get dramatically. dramatically. If you have not read these stories in in, in, in in the books that he has written, I go buy the books. Straightforward financial growth. Um, called to greatness. Called to greatness. One of my favorite, absolute favorite books that you've written, which has these stories in there. So you finish Soga College, Mary miraculously uh, excel, and you're among the top 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 four students in the country. And you go and get your dream. You're going to do architecture at the university. Mm. So you do it, you finish it. You're set for life. Yeah. Now let's begin that journey. So what do you do after you finish your university, you get into the business world? What did you do and how does that journey begin? So I was a bit confused Mm. because around that time, Starrings, for ministry had I'd begun. begun. Yeah. yeah uh, that I finished, just for transparency's sake, mm. I finished university in 2001. Wow. May. So by that time, Come Alive Ministries had begun in yes. December 2000. Yes. And so I was confused. What did I want to be an architect? Did, did I want to go into ministry? So I worked with uh, my first boss, was Robert Chigundu, mm. Chigundu and Partners. And um, so that was the journey. Mm. I wasn't putting in my all because I wasn't so sure. Mm. So, but in the architecture, in the architecture world, you have to work under a registered architect for two years. Mm. Then you sit your professional exams, and then you become 
a certified architect. So I worked with them for two years. I sat my professional exams. I became a certified architect. Wow. That was always my dream because when you are a certified architect, you can run your own practice. office, your own yeah. practice, so you can manage your own time. Yes. Because of these ministry starings, I wanted to be in a situation where I could manage my own time. So that's what I did, and then I started a small office on Kroma Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, things started there. Yeah. Um, what was the name of that first practice? Lone Walk I Architects. remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lone Walk Architects. So you start this practice, and you're making some money. Yeah. 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 Mm. Some money. Some money. Small, small. Mm. But then in 2006, things change. We launch worship. You launch worship harvest yeah. ministries. We started worship harvest. At that time, I'd moved to Tafnell Drive. Yes. Uh, my <laughs> small office of nine feet by nine feet. <laughs> was the international, global... Headquarters. Headquarters of the ministry. Yeah. We had a store the size of a toilet. Yeah, honestly. That's where we kept the equipment. equipment. And, yeah, so we started mixing things. Yes. Ministry and business, ministry and business, mm-hmm. yeah. Now let's talk about the journey from... What moves you from the architectural practice to now being a coach, a business coach, wh- how does, where, where is the gap between that, 2006, and where we are right now? Just sort of take us on the journey. What are some of the things that happened that led you here? Yeah, so I love, I loved and still love architecture. I Absolutely. like, I mean, when you go to art school, they, they, they brainwash you <laughs> into loving buildings. <laughs> yeah, like, it's incredible how to use yeah. Wow. So I've, I've even been to, the architects listening may know, I've been to Talia's in West, Frank Lloyd Wright's uh, Western School in, in uh, Arizona, near Phoenix, just to see these greats and where they trained their students. And I mean, if you've never, if you don't have, go look for falling water. Ah, Falling Waterhouse, that's Frank Lloyd Wright at his zenith. And so he had this, he had an apprenticeship where he had a school where students who wanted to study under him came. So yeah, it's in a place called Taliesin. And because he was old, in the winter he would move to to Arizona, to what they call Taliesin West. The place still exists, the school, the way it was designed, everything. It's now a tourist attraction. And they still run some sort of practice there to keep the place going, but it's awesome. So just to say how mad I am about architecture, because not many people have been to it. That's like the mecca of architecture. So, uh, 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 So the thing is, as the church was growing, my time became more and more constrained. Yes. And architecture is time intensive. Mm-hmm. Not only in the design, in the supervision, mm. and all of that. So I found myself com- very constrained. Mm. I couldn't catch up with, even, even when I tried to set up, uh, I, I always had these dreams of one day would set up an architecture firm with like a hundred architects that has systems mm. and all of because that's <laughs> I, how I like to think. But I couldn't quite pull it off. I think in the future I might still pull it off. Yeah, yeah we to, think to so. To have an architecture <laughs> firm which runs on systems mm. and that does out of this world things mm. 
where you don't have to, all the people, the directors don't have to be the ones in it. Mm. So I, I started getting pushed into a different world without knowing. But what happened is until 2016, yes. I was still practicing mm. and I was still, you know, in, in week, week one, you pay practicing fees every year and then you pay uh, fees every year to be a member of the Uganda Society of Architects. So you, you, you have to keep paying those fees every year. And so it's like two million. <laughs> so up to 2016, I was paying. Yes. And then a gentleman called Julius Lukwago, mm -hmm. who had started introducing us to some leadership stuff, said, you know what, Mose, you need to join the John Maxwell team. Mm -hmm. Then I've read a couple of John Maxwell books, Iresi. He said, this, this is a good deal. It's John's 70th birthday. They've cut the prices. I'm going to pay for you using my credit card and you will refund. Uh -huh. That's how determined he was to yeah. get me in. <laughs> so I said, okay, nothing to lose. Just So Julia signs me up for the John Maxwell team. And I log on and start watching the videos yes. and seeing what happens in this growth environment. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, what have we been doing? <laughs> so I joined the John Maxwell team around August 2016. Yeah. Yes. August, September 2016. Mm. Just to show you how much impact it had on me, my certification was in February 2017. But by January 2017, <laughs> even before my certification, we had started Harvest Institute. Yes! As a result of joining the John Maxwell team. That's how much impact it had on me. I started yes. seeing that the only entity, so I started seeing that Africa is a rich and blessed continent, mm -hmm. which is poor and lagging behind. And I started thinking, what is lacking? Mm -hmm. The more I thought about it, the more I realized that what is lacking in Africa is leadership. Yes. It's leadership. That's what's lacking. That's why people are living in backward situations in a blessed, rich continent. Mm -hmm. Then I started thinking, where is the leadership going to come from? Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, is it going to come from the political world? Nope. It hasn't since independence. <laughs> yeah. Is it going to come from the business world? Maybe, mm. maybe not. Mm. Is it going to come from academia? Mm. It doesn't seem like there is a shortage of academic institutions mm -hmm. and research and knowledge. So I started thinking, the leadership that's going to deliver Africa is going to come from the church. Wow. Yes. Yeah. But then there was one thing. It couldn't come from the church the way the church was yes. or is. The leadership that's going to deliver the promise of Africa is going to come from the church, but not the way it is right now, because again, there is no shortage of churches. Exactly. But there is no other institution, if you think about it, whether academia, government, business, or other, whose founding charism, if I use that word, founding charism, like the courts, mm. the, the basis for foundation, mm is built on the kind of leadership Africa needs than the church. That's true. Absolutely. Because if the church goes back its founding charism, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, you have to be a servant, servant of all. Mm. Then, 
we can deliver the leadership that can deliver this continent. Yes. Because if, if universities go back to their founding charism, they are not going to deliver the no. kind of leadership we need. If politics goes back to its founding charism, it's not going to deliver the leadership. If business, even if, because the, the, founding, the foundation of business is profit. It's profit. Yeah, it's not transformation. No. Hmm. So, even if we succeeded in business, we still wouldn't deliver the leadership needed. The only place where the leadership the leadership requirement by its own nature and foundation can deliver the promise of Africa is the church because the one who founded it gave instructions on how leadership should be there. And if we just got a little bit of that and started spreading it around uh, all over the place, that salt on, in the meat, then we can deliver the promise of Africa. Wow. Yeah. I warned you there would be preaching the stirrings are there. So now you just said, the, uh, you talked about the church, which then brings the dream of Harvest Institute, which has, yep. we've had more than how many people graduate. I was in the first class of 2017. Every year we graduate a little bit more. It's uh, true. This year the, is the biggest, close to 100 people. Wow. Uh, typically half of the people fall off. Usually, yeah. Uh, because... Harvest Institute is <laughs> boot camp. Is boot camp. It's it's to it's to that that leadership is what we are yes. looking for. This self seeking, rebellious, what doesn't work in Harvest Institute? No. You must humble yourself, mm. read, mm. study, mm. Write, write a, a book, book, and all of that, and go to different experiences. So yes. half of the people can't can't make it because typically we we the, the greatest thing needed in leadership is character. Mm -hmm. And typically, people have more reputation than character. Ooh. And so when you come to Harvest Institute, even your reputation doesn't count. Wow. Your character must stick through. It's the people who succeed in Harvest Institute are not the cleverest. It's not de designed for clever people. No. What? no, it's the people who have a spine. Who, who say, I, I, I mean what I say, I say what I mean, and I'm determined to get through. Yeah. So half of the people fall off, but this year we almost have a hundred, and this is the... 17, 18, 19, this is the fourth year. Yes. So I think we've graduated will be about three, more than 300 people. Yes, wow. And that, and that means, by extension, 300 books written from by Ugandans. Yeah, by Uganda. Yes! We are changed. Something is shifting. Yeah. Something is seriously shifting because 10 years from today, we'll probably have more authors from Africa through Harvest Institute yes. than anywhere else in the entire um, world. Yes. Yes. And we are changing the culture. It's so great because now we have lots of books from Ugandans in our homes. And imagine what our children now think and believe to be possible. And every other books get better. They, it's and true. some of the people who have written in Harvest Institute, they've written more books after, after like yeah. uh, Ariho Kamara, yeah. Jeremy Biamanzi mm -hmm. and others. So, yes. so it's good. Absolutely. And Beatrice Piamanze. And Beatrice Piamanze. Some, some cool girl. Hallelujah. So now you've just, you've just stirred us up and said that the church basically is the hope for leadership because at the core there's transformation. Yes. Why then do you get into business coaching? Because so, Momentum Leadership Growth Group, group yeah. you know, is the one we, we, we are putting sort of on the spotlight today, which is uh, something that you've started um, and that we are doing. So why Momentum Leadership Growth Group, wow, Growth Group, and why business coaching? So when I started, so 
with the John Maxwell team, we started using different tools, using the John Maxwell team materials, mm -hmm. books like the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, um, Develop the Leader Within You, mm -hmm. and all of that. So I, we came across a very interesting model called the mastermind model yes. where people go through an experience of maybe eight to ten weeks mm -hmm. with a small group of people and then as they go through that you start seeing change Absolutely. so particularly I, I like the 15 invaluable laws of growth because it addresses personal growth mm -hmm. which for me is the core of, yes. of, of what I, I like to do with leaders like everything out there will happen if you grow. Absolutely. If you grow, whatever you lead will grow. Yes. If you don't grow, whatever you lead won't grow. Wow. Even when you pray and fast. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I specialize in the 15 dialogue. Oh. And I, I started seeing people's lives change Changing. using that book. And I was like, this is amazing. Now, of course, when I put out the thing, it's not church people only who came. Yes, yes. So then I also started coaching people one-on-one. -on -one, mm. uh, some non-profit uh, leaders, some uh, church leaders is like mm. free uh, conversations. <laughs> and then some business leaders. Mm. And as we went on, I discovered that the business leaders, because in their world, you have to win to survive. Yes. They seemed much more receptive in the coaching sessions than the leaders in the non-business world. Mm. Let me just generalize it that way. And so it gave me a lot of hope and wisdom because I could see these people starting to make yes. progress, uh, implementing things you're talking about and all of that. And, and so it wasn't like I chose. Naturally, as more and uh, I, I tended more and more towards business leaders yes. because I could see that they were more, they could suck it in more and implement it. Yes. So, so that's what happened. And then, as a result of the John Maxwell experience, when we wrote Straightforward Financial Growth, uh, I remember I preached the first <laughs> sermon in the series, and then it hit me that these people are not going to get anything from this <laughs> series. Yeah. And I don't know how it hit, but it did hit me. Uh, and then I said, I, I, I decided that we would try out the mastermind model, yes. but in, a, in a, a big environment. So I told people, if you come back on Thursday mm. night, mm. we'll lay out tables, you'll be on a table with a coach, and the things we are teaching on Sunday morning, you'll be able to discuss them mm -hmm. on Thursday night and even take some steps of growth. Remember that? Yes. And we did eight weeks. Eight weeks. We had like 200 people yes. every Thursday yes. night. And I saw my eyes were opened and. to the possibilities when people go beyond hearing yes. and start practicing. Yes. Now, that's how we started the Straightforward Financial Growth Masterminds. Yes. And everything has just accelerated from that time. The Straightforward Financial Growth Masterminds. You can clap. The Straightforward Financial Growth Masterminds. Let's talk a little bit about those and then I'm going to switch it. How many people have gone through their mini? Oh. Yeah. Do we know how many people have gone through these classes? I don't. Let me see. This is 2020, yeah. 2019. We started in 2018. 18. 18 late. Late. 
2019. So we started certifying coaches yes. to do masterminds. Let me in 2020 alone, we have had 379 people. Wow, go through, through straight for masterminds from many different places yes. in the world. Now the, the the lockdown was such a blessing. It was because before that we used to do masterminds live around the table. Yes, and when the lockdown came, we started doing them on on Zoom. Zoom, yes. And so we've had clients from everywhere. Uh, recently, I just finished a mastermind exclusively for people from Nairobi. Yes. And right now I'm finishing one for people from Kigali. Mm -hmm. Exclusively, like yes. all the people from Kigali yes. and I'm doing the mastermind with yes. them. Uh, Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy did the mastermind with people from all over the world. Yes. And every mastermind I've done even the ones that are not for people from different places, there has always been people from different countries yes. joining in, people from Dubai, people from the US. So there has been such an acceleration. So this year we've had uh, 20 active coaches. Woohoo! Yeah. Who are offering masterminds. And our records, and these are the ones that I've done. They are coaches who are still running masterminds yes, now. Right and by the time we finish the year, I'm sure I will have gone over 400 yes, people we will. Mm. who have done masterminds. Mm. Uh, so, so far we've done 50 masterminds mm -hmm. with, through our coaches wow. in straightforward financial growth. Uh, we've been charging only 500,000 for masterminds. So if you do the math, that's about 250 million. Mm -hmm. uh, no, no, that's about 3879. That's about 190 million. Uh, but most of the money is kept by the coaches. Yes. They only pass on a small percentage yes. to us to run the system. Yeah, but that's, that's now how we've seen things start happening by releasing the gift to other people as yes. opposed to keeping it and say, we are going to do the masterminds as Momentum Leadership Group, you pay us, what? No, no, no. no. We've decided... We give you the business. Yes. If you are a certified coach, it's your business. Mm -hmm. You find your clients, you coach them, we give you the materials, everything. Yes. Our yes. coaches, we give them the mastermind guides, we give them the PowerPoint presentations when they have to go and speak in, in different places. And, and they are fl flourishing and flying. We have coaches in Kampala, Nairobi, Kigali, everywhere. I guess someone who's listening is wondering why are they only 20 coaches? Uh, what does it take? to be a coach with straightforward <laughs> financial growth. There might be people already wanting to apply this afternoon. So, so you have to first do the mastermind. Yes. <laughs> you have to experience it. Uh, and then we give you other things that you must fulfill to be a coach because we don't want you to be a hypocrite mm. who is telling people what to, to do, do when you're not doing, doing it. it. So that's, that's where the trick comes in, that you have to, one, have done the mastermind, mm -hmm. and then you must be practicing everything, everything. you're going to teach. Yes. So you are under master coach who ensures you're practicing those mm -hmm. things. That's why they are few. Yes. Even though there are many people who have gone through the masterminds, not many of them have become coaches yes. because of the requirements. But 2021, we are going to have 40 coaches. We already have selected them because yes. people apply every yes, year to become apply. a coach. Mm -hmm. And we look at your financials and your disciplines and your coaches and we ask them questions and then we say, okay, you can become. So next year we are going to double the number. So you, sh you should be able to get into an SFFT mastermind because our dream is to help one million people change their financial story to the next generation. One million people change their financial story to the next generation. Meaning one million people 
whose children will never have to worry about money. money. Yeah, so they can worry about other things like going to the moon, you know. building rockets, yes. and, and discovering electric cars. <laughs> That's our story. It's going to happen. I, I know we're running out of time, but I have a few more questions for you. Yes. I know that there was a shift from running. You were running most of this yourself, and you yeah. were making mula. 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 Dime. And then you decided to switch and now start running this through Momentum Leadership Group. Yeah. You are getting a salary, which is pretty small compared to the money you were making. Yes. You build systems. Let's talk about the, the switch. Why the switch? Why did you switch from running what you were running, which was really working, at least for you financially, to Momentum Leadership Group? And what are some of the things you've seen happen because of that shift? Huh. Yeah. So first of all, this is what I was telling people to do. It's true. Yeah, stop running your hustle where you can't separate your money from the one of your hustle. Mm. So if I'm coaching people to do that, then I'm not doing it myself, then I'm a hypocrite. Mm. <clears throat> so I had to give up my hypocrisy <laughs> and build a real business that has systems yes. where there are contact numbers which are not my number. <laughs> So that's how we started. Now, channeling all our things through Momentum Leadership Group, our dream is helping leaders and teams win. win. And we do that through maybe four or five things. Mm -hmm. One, we do one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. We coach high-level leaders Mm -hmm. because if if we can help the coach, the leader, take the the thing off, then the business can go up. Uh, two, we do masterminds, mm-hmm. different kinds, straightforward financial growth and other kinds of masterminds. We have had some cool, cool, awesome coaches join us recently. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we'll be offering masterminds in different areas. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the Made for More mastermind? I have. <laughs> yeah. We'll be offering that those next yeah. year. Uh, uh, put your dream, put your to, dream the to the test. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many different mm-hmm. things. So we do one-on-one coaching, masterminds, masterminds, we do group coaching. Yes. We found that when people are in a group, uh, they, they rub off each other the right way. Mm-hmm. So doing group coaching, and then we do management services. Mm-hmm. We help uh, do management for some companies because I'm involved in so many entities. Yes. And because my name is there, my name is at risk. So I, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> we, we will hire a person mm. to run this company, yes. future housing and space, uh, harvest investment, cooperative, mm. etc. etc. We'll hire a person and that person is operating under us so we can supervise them yes. as they deliver for the company. So they are under our care and supervision, but they work for that business. Yes. So that's one other thing we do very well. And uh, so I know time is not mm, our best friend. But I want to celebrate our operations manager. Woohoo! Yeah. Yes. That is uh, Mrs. Rukia. Mm. Mukwezi. Mm. Nalucha. Mm. Yeah, who is also my assistant. Yes. But she runs eh. Momentum Leadership Group. I don't have to, I, all I do is sign checks mm. and show up where show they up. tell me to show up. She does the rest of the work, yes. and, and that she's been such a blessing, yes. incredible. 
We also, so to deal with this issue of systemizing, you know I write books. Yes. Uh, I've written a couple of titles. We have a new book coming out this yeah, week. Yeah, I wanted us to talk about that yeah. book. Uh, <laughs> you know, about healthy church finances. Yes. So, uh, again, I was chewing the book's money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were really chewing money. And then, again, I had to set up a system. So I started Moses Mukisa Media and uh, Florence Babiria is our operations person wow. there. So, so that everything is systemized. Everything is systemized. So that whether, whether I'm around or, or not, not, the work gets done. done. Yeah. Wow. Around how many books have we sold? Straightforward financial growth. Straightforward financial growth, I think, is probably in the 6,000s right now. Whoa! Yeah. It's totally going to be a bestseller. No, it is. It is a bestseller. It is a bestseller and it, it won the voted, Book of the Year yeah, Award twice. here in Uganda twice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. One last question. I know Bananga Chris is here. I have one last question. I wanted to ask you about the effect. Have you seen, what have been some of the effects of your growth as a business leader on Worship Harvest Ministries? Because I have a clue. And so just... I wanted you to talk about some of that. I actually feel like it's the other way around. Oh. Yeah, my growth as a church leader is what... Because when I'm coaching people, what I'm really teaching them are the things we practice as a church. Yes. Yeah. When I'm telling them... Uh, yes. Because I insist on like four things or five when I start coaching any business. <laughs> yes. One, uh, you must start paying taxes. Yeah. Mm. yeah, taxes. Yes. Why? Uh, because taxes, to whom taxes are due. Mm. Okay, custom, to whom custom is due. Here's the thing. There are two directions in any business leader's life. One road leads to a place called success. <laughs> One road leads to another place called not success. success. Now, as long as in that junction you ever take the road that leads to a place called success, you're going to encounter the tax people. That's true. So, you'd better order your steps now mm. with them than later because they can send you back to the junction five years later for failing to recognize their authority. Wow. So I insist that because I'm going to coach you and you're going to become successful, I don't want to get into trouble in future. Mm. Let's put the taxes in order one. Mm. Now, mm. two, you start paying yourself a salary. This yes. business of the business money is your money is not there. Mm. Because even in this church, the church money is not my money. No. Okay. So pay yourself a salary. A salary. Mm. Yeah. Three, you start tithing your mm. gross uh, profit. profit. Mm. Yeah. I insist. Everyone who I quote, if you don't touch your growth, tithe your gross profit, you're going to be stuck. Yeah. Then I will look. I will be a bad. I will look like I'm a fake coach because oh. you're stuck. Then four, you start putting aside twenty percent of all your gross profit as money for growing the business in future. Yes. Why I've seen those things work in this church. In this church, uh, we have right now, we have enough money in our salaries account to pay salaries for a whole year. Yes. Without any income. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and because we have systems, we set aside salaries money, it's a percentage. We set aside 20% uh, for investments, investment. it's, it's a percentage. And so we have that money is there. That's yes. how we have built this building and other places where we're working. We set aside 10% for giving. We, yes. Because we're a church, 
we tithe by giving to other ministries. This year alone, we have already given more than 600 million shillings yes, to other to ministries. Other ministries. Yeah. So I've seen those systems work here. I'm already applying them in Momentum and in Moses Mkisa Media. And so I'm telling my friends who I'm coaching, let's do this and it's going to be awesome. Wow, you guys. My highlight from what you've said is when, if you grow, everything you lead will grow. If yeah. you don't grow, everything you lead will be stuck. And now I want to hand over to Mr. Chris <laughs> Kowesa, the leader of Business Garage, who has like three minutes to wrap this thing up. Wrap today. it up. Wrap it up, man. How do I wrap this up? I really? Don't First know. of all, thank you, Pastor B3. Mm. Uh, Pastor Mose, now, the problem I have with this gentleman here, he has so many titles. So I was trying to write some of them here uh -huh. to us. see how I can Tell catch us. up. And that's about what he's involved in, what he is. Yeah? He's a pastor, he's an author, a musician, a coach, an architect, a businessman, educator, etc. He's an outlier. Yes. And looking at uh, where he came from, really... You, you can think that it's quite a story for you to get to where you, you are now. Uh, your humbleness, your meekness, you're so selfless, you know? So those are things that make you an outlier for many of us. Uh, through your story, uh, this is what I see. I see a resilience. You are in school, yes. eating potion beans, <laughs> and you came out... Smearing his legs. You, 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 you came out... Uh, as you are today. So you've been, and in everything you do, I see a lot of resilience. And you have passion for leadership, for transformation. Not just leadership, but leadership for transformation. You know? No one in your space, if you in Apostle Moses' space, you cannot not grow. You have to be so, I won't say the word, for you not to grow. Yeah? So you're very passionate uh, to make other people better so that they can transform. Then you love people. Your love for people is, is out of this world. Yes. Yeah? You know why? Because with, I know your portfolio, everything you're involved in is in billions. If you look at the net worth of everything you're involved in, it's in billions. These are not, this is not just 10 figures, but 11 figures. Mm. But then, and you don't have to work. You know these leadership things you're doing? You don't have to. No. You know? The church can look after you. But you decide, and I know one time you even refused the salary from the church. So you don't have to do these things. You don't. But then you go out and do them. So for me, I just want to celebrate you for your thank love you. for people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You don't find, you don't find leaders today, not in politics, not in business, not anywhere, who love people the way you do and you want people to change for nothing. You know, the things he teaches in the mastermind, he teaches at church, so you yes. can take them or not. Yes. So there's <laughs> nothing that he doesn't expose us to. So thank you, thank you so much. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. Now, for me, the only thing I want, I want you to tell us, with all these things, you, the portfolio you have, I know, and this is for us business people or other leaders, you still humble yourself and go to some men and sit at their feet yes. or people and you learn. Tell us about that as we close. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> Are you still a lone walker? No. <laughs> so 360-degree leadership. Uh, John Maxwell wrote a book about that. You lead across, 
colleagues. You lead down, that people will look up to you. And then you lead up people who are in front of you. And the quickest way to grow, I call it slipstreaming. In Formula One, if your car is not that fast, and you get some of those streets where guys are doing 323, 30 kilometers per hour, what you do, you, you slide in behind a guy in front of you because he's fighting all the air in front of him. You, you know, when you don't know how resistant air is until you are driving a Formula One car. So you slide in behind that guy and you're like maybe 10 meters behind them and they are punching a hole and creating a vacuum behind them. And then you, you can just come in like this and even get on the side and overtake them. Wow. By the, we call that sleep streaming. So if you're not sleep streaming anyone, your life is too slow and too difficult for no good reason. So find a person who has gone ahead and start sleep streaming. I found a guy when, I always look for mentors and I went to see one of my mentors and I was telling them, at that time I think we had like 10 locations, 10 locations, Banange, what, church, 10 locations, we are trying to build missional communities. And, and so I always ask my mentors, what are you dreaming about in this current season? What, what? And he tell me, I, we just got a deal with Total to supply our products in about 6,000 petrol stations across Africa. You see, there are those people you go and after you see them, you leave praying in tanks. Yeah. That's, that's the only proper response. They say one thing or two things, even the coffee, you don't take it. You, you, you feel so small yeah. and insignificant talking about what you've been doing. And yet some people feel they are big, they think, oh, yeah, because they employ two people. So, wow. Sleep streaming. I've learned that secret that if you're going somewhere, get behind people who are bigger than you, who see more than you, who have done. And those people are there. And usually they yes. don't have a lot, a lot of time. So if you're a time waster, they also not give you their time. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. learn from them. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.